welcome back to the Eclectic Collection. And I hope you're either tuning in again and you've become an Eclector or you're a new listener. Welcome, welcome. Because we always want more listeners to the Eclectic Collection. And today we have episode 59, the top 10 most suspenseful movies. This is according to all things Terry Tanaglia. So I just love suspense movies. I love psychological thrillers. I talked about horror movies not too long ago and I just thought, hmm, suspense different than horror. I didn't even get talking about sci-fi yet, but it just happens to be uh, tis the season for spooky things, and I thought, suspenseful, let's talk about that. So um, a long time ago, there was a movie called Color of Night. Bruce Willis was in it, and um, Ruben Blades was in it, and I just love it. It's kind of a whodunit, um, a lot of people, a lot of famous people in it, and it was definitely a psychological, uh, Scott Bakula's in it, there's a lot, a lot of psychological uh, opinions to it, because... It was uh, two psychologists, and they were friends forever. One's on the East Coast, one's on the West Coast. Unfortunately, one of the patients passes away, and Bruce Willis uh, has that happen to him, and he can no longer see the color red. And he travels to just get time off and go see his other psychologist buddy on the West Coast, who's done far better for himself, written a book, and is much more successful, and has tons more money and tons more clients and tons more patients, and that's Scott Bakula. And as they get chatting about different things, they have... Uh, a murder and they're trying to figure out who uh, who done it and it's one of the patients in group therapy but it a lot you really think like several times there's like a false who done it or you think you know who it is or whatnot so it was, it was a pretty cool movie and uh, probably a lesser known movie if I had to guess but definitely worth the watch I put that at number 10 number 9 13 ghosts and as much as I want to call this a horror movie it's it's probably more on the suspense side due to the zodiac component of it and because you're not really waiting for the ghosts, if you will, to kind of uh, handle things in the end is how I'll put it so I don't have a spoiler alert. So um, there was a, a black Zodiac concocted in the theme of the movie or in, in the plot of the movie, and there were uh, a lot of uh, people at work to try and bring these ghosts together to make this black Zodiac a reality. And then there's people on it for good and bad reasons, and of course they all come together and it's a disaster. And again, pretty star-studded cast, Tony Shalhoub, is the uh, main character is a teacher and he lost his wife in a fire and uh, they have to go through this haunted house of glass that's got containment spells to keep the ghosts in of these 13 specific ghosts and in the end it's just surprising to see like one by one as they're revealed and uh, you know kind of who saves the day so pretty neat I would normally put that under a horror genre because of the ghosts but Honestly, it's it's pretty neat, and it, it could go under the suspenseful category. And you know what? This is my list, so I don't apologize for it. Okay, moving on. Uh, number eight, Final Destination. Huge franchise to Final Destination, but the original, the OG, if you will, I don't believe they remade it at all. They just kept going with it. But the original Final Destination, I thought, was brilliantly done. Unfortunately, the sequel, the second one, was kind of terrible, a totally different spin. But after that, they picked up and went a really interesting direction so worth the watch um but the first one was very cool and uh, you know it's basically cheating death and you're constantly wondering who's gonna get it next if you will and i love this for personal reasons being a teacher that teaches language i think it's hilarious because the initial premise is a bunch of kids going to france on a french trip and they get together and then all things go awry on the plane and uh when they're on their way over um you know, there's tragedy to be had, and then they have to kind of put the pieces back together. So I love poking fun uh, at the kids that uh, I teach and tell them you should watch that movie before they go overseas. Um, it's it's a really bad joke, but, uh, you know, they, the high school kids get a kick out of it. So 
Yeah, probably not the movie you want to watch before boarding a plane, but I'm just saying. Very funny. Um, good good, good jump scares in Final Destination is, is very cool. Seven, my all-time favorite. So Jaws. Love Jaws. How could two notes make you so paranoid? I don't know. Not only am I obsessed with sharks, obviously, but I think Jaws belongs in the number seven spot because, again, never putting it in a horror genre, but people do. Um, you have this like man versus, you know, animal or man versus nature conflict going on. And there were a lot of problems on set. So Jaws became more suspenseful by accident. Bruce the shark, named after uh, Spielberg's lawyer, never functioned correctly because when they built it and they put it together to test it, it was always done in freshwater tanks. When they got offshore and put the salt water in it, it would goof up and score all the electronics and and the shark rarely worked. So they had a cutout of the left side, the right side, and they had like a dummy shark that would just sort of float. But the actual mechanical shark that was on a gimbal, it didn't do as well as it was supposed to do. And as a result, they had to creatively shoot underwater scenes and it became more than halfway through the movie before you even see the actual shark. You're teased by a fin or somebody getting sucked underwater or you know different things coming at you but you never actually see the shark. So the suspense works so great in that movie. I don't believe Jaws could ever be remade. And, you know, top three, like I said, everything in my life was shaped by Jaws, Star Wars, and The Godfather because they were the first three movies I watched. Um, So Jaws, props to Jaws. Six, Escape Room. Kind of a newer uh, movie, and they have since made a sequel. Both are pretty good. Escape Room was neat because it was not only the how the people were going to bite it in the end, but also, uh, you know, who was going to what. Like, there was a lot of plot unfolded there. So it was not only the, the method by which they were getting picked off one at a time, but the, the thematics behind it and then also just how they were able to do that, um, you know, within the setting that they were and then who knew who from behind that you found out later. So uh, pretty neat for being modern day. I liked it a lot. Um, number five is ironically a number seven. So Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman years ago about Seven Deadly Sins. And you could argue it's more of a horror gore, but it's definitely a suspenseful situation because in the end reveal... I mean, once you watch it, it's kind of one of those movies that, uh, unfortunately, it's fantastic, but the rewatchability is sort of on the negative scale. Um, Big shock in the end, and uh, very cool. All the different uh, uh, Seven Deadly Sins are are, uh, put out throughout the movie and and displayed for you, and you're, of course, looking to find out who did what. And uh, it's interesting because just a nod, a sidebar nod, if you've ever seen uh, Usual Suspects, pretty suspenseful as well. Also kind of a whodunit, and again, you've got that Kevin Spacey connection, so uh, honorable mention there. Number four, uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. I loved this when I saw it. It's pretty new. Um, I would say that it was, uh, for again, modern day, I feel like everything's been done, you know, and this was bold and interesting and uh, psychological thriller, 100% using psychology and hypnosis to really get to people, and that can play with your mind because you're in a vulnerable state. Um, and then just the mind trickery that goes on there. And then in the end, you're like, is this really happening? Um, so yeah, uh, very fantastic, cool reveals. Love it. Um, props to him. Three would be Shutter Island with uh, Leo DiCaprio. And I believe Mark Ruffalo was in that one as well. Shutter Island was very cool. Um, very neat in the sense that they are investigating this situation and they go to this remote place. And in doing so, find out that there's more connection to them than they thought. Uh, with it and you know that's always interesting because then you kind of get sucked into the plot and you start to believe 
well, maybe it's not who you thought it was, or maybe there's more to the backstory, or maybe this conspiracy theory is accurate. So always kind of a cool thing. So Shutter Island, really neat. Um, definitely not what you would suspect or expect. Number two, props to M. Night Shyamalan. You could really put his whole catalog here, but Sixth Sense takes the cake. Sixth Sense was by far, I think, the best one that he came up with. Um, totally great plots, always a twist. And he did this all with a PG-13 rating, I might add, which I think is very impressive because, you know, much like Spielberg too, you don't have to push the envelope by way of gore or by way of salacious things. You can always use your mind and creativity and imagination to get to the scary part or to get to the um, the visceral reaction that you want. So Sixth Sense was fantastic. Uh, again, watchability. Now that one is interesting because even though I know what happens in the end, now that I've seen it, um, I could go back and watch that and look for clues. Very neat. I love his whole catalog. I say I think some of them are, are weaker than others, but for the most part, they're they're very strong. I mean, you could argue that the village is very good and has a big reveal, and um, the visit is very good and has a big reveal, and 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 uh, devil and uh, unbreakable, of course. And then they went on to do split. It, it really, his whole catalog is celebrated. I think on the weaker side, Lady in the Water is more of a storytelling vehicle and um, probably the, uh, the the happening. It's sort of like, it's happening. What's happening? I don't know. Something with trees, but it's happening. Okay. But um, th they were probably the lesser, I'll say, scary ones. I, I, I love, again, more on the sci-fi, but I love Signs. That was very good too. Um, but even though it's not a shock that you see you know, the alien or whatever you still, how it all came about was, was interesting and, and how that all unfolded. So there's a lot of like n tightly woven loose ends that get put together neatly. And, and Sixth Sense, I think is like the whole package there. So, um, don't know too many people that didn't like that or didn't go watch it once or twice. I went back and saw it a few times just to go see what I missed or how I was, uh, uh clueless about that. But that was, that was a big breakthrough. And that's why as a result, it's at the number two spot, big fan of M. Night Shyamalan, Philly guy, uh, to my knowledge, went to Temple, so um, very good. Go else. Number one spot, I'm going to go with Silence of the Lambs. Um, hello, Clarice. I just live with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. So Silence of the Lambs, fantastic. First of all, he's a cannibal. Hello. You don't really see that too often. You know, who's eating brains? Obviously Hannibal Lecter. So just the Anthony Hopkins of it all is fantastic, but uh, apart from performances and, and, and whatnot, the whole Sterling or Starling, I'm sorry, Clary Starling and, and Jack uh, uh, relationship and, and how they basically take this fledgling person and have her go after this complete psychopath by way of another psychopath was so cool and they had so many components to it. It's a simple shoot in most of the movie and uh, it's a very dark theme, but very cool and very nicely done. Um, again, all your dots are dotted, all your T's are crossed in the end, but you have to get there and you think you're in a spot, but then you're not. And you think you're somewhere else and you're not. And you think the case is solved and it's not. And then there's all these backstories to it. And even the end is closure, as much closure as you have, you still have this like open-endedness. Now they did go on years later to make uh, Hannibal and Red Dragon and such, and they were all pretty good too. I mean, the sequels, they, they hold up. Um, but again, the OG, I believe it was 1990 or 91 with Silence of the Lambs. So I think that takes the number one spot because that was pretty gut-wrenching and uh, new, I'll say, in a new style of how to present that kind of psychological thriller in a whodunit where, yeah, there's some jump scenes and things that maybe wouldn't make all audiences comfortable, but it wasn't 
total gore and complete disgusted and perversion or anything like that. It was, it was watchable and um, I wouldn't call it a family movie, but you know, if you had teens and whatever, you could certainly watch it like with your fam. So um, there was definitely uh, some parts in there, maybe not, but you know, it's, it's, it's not horrific. So very cool in that sense. It wasn't just, you know, gore for gore's sake or uh, they were really playing on the psyche. And that's why I think that these um, movies are great for suspense and kind of building up to that who done it or who was the culprit or how did this happen? And uh, very neat. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed them as much as I did. I've just been thinking a lot about that given the season. So if you liked what you heard today, then check us out at the Eclectic Collection Podcast.com or listen to us on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening. <laughs>